Thanks for tuning in to the Lean 911 podcast where you'll have a voice directly from the Gemba. I will rely on my three decades of lean successes as well as my failures to answer your most challenging questions regarding your lean transformation. I'm your host, Mark Deluzio, President and CEO of Lean Horizons Consulting and the Principal Architect of the Danaher Business System. Looking forward to your questions now. Let's go to the Gemba. Hi, Mark Deluzio here with Lean 911. Welcome to episode 15. And this is the second part of a three-part series on Kaizen. And in this particular episode, we're going to talk about the pitfalls of Kaizen. I think we probably all experience these uh, from one time or another. And just something to watch out for. If you're new to this or you're experienced, I think you'll resonate with uh, what I'm going to be talking about. So, So let's talk about the pitfalls. You can almost argue this kind of melds into the first episode, which was the 10 rules of Kaizen. And my third episode is going to be the anatomy of a Kaizen, by the way, which I'll talk about the final report out, which will give you a picture of what the anatomy of that Kaizen needs to look like as we go through. So anyway, uh, let's get into pitfalls. First thing I think, and I don't allow this, I never have allowed it. I've kicked CEOs out of the room. I don't allow observers. Number one, that's a pitfall. When a senior leader comes in and sits in the back of the room and says, I just want to observe. No. You, it's an, first of all, it's an insult to the team. They're spending all their time there. I'll talk more about this in a bit and how much time they do spend. But they're spending all their time in the Kaizen event. And you're smart enough to be able to come in for a half an hour and even ask questions and disrupt the class as to um, things that we talked about two hours ago. And that you can just absorb this because of your brilliance? No. No observers. Either you're on the team or you're off the team. There is no middle ground in this. Okay? So you don't allow observers at all. You learn by doing. Matter of fact, I like to use analogies. Let's just use golf, if anybody golfs out there. I could watch all the Tiger Wood videos in the world and observe all the golf tournaments from around the world on the PGA Tour, I'm, it's not going to make me a better golfer. I've got to pick up the club and do it. Kaizen is the same way. You've got to do it to get better and really, truly understand it. You won't understand it by watching other people doing it or reading about it or watching a video. Matter of fact, you won't understand Kaizen by watching this video. But hopefully this will give you some proof for thought so when you do go in, you can apply this knowledge. But if all you're going to do is watch this video and other videos on Kaizen, I suggest you shut your computer off right now. Okay? Save your time. Um, another pitfall is keeping the team together. Many times I see Kaizen teams get together and all of a sudden before, hey, where's Charlie? He didn't show up for two days. Then he comes back on Thursday morning. Where'd Mary go? I, how come the team's not together? We started out with eight people. We got four left. What's going on here? Well, you know, Jimmy had a phone call. This guy had a meeting. This lady had this and that. No, you're dedicated to the Kaizen event full-time, 100% of the time. You have to cover your job. You have to cover whatever it is you do. Make sure it's covered, and you've got to be 100% dedicated to the Kaizen. You can't go back to work and do your day job when you're on a Kaizen team. It just doesn't work. Now, I do allow people 
maybe uh, uh, an hour for lunch and go check your emails and go check your, but you better be back at one o'clock or whatever time we agree. And I have penalties, by the way, when you don't come back, you either have to sing a song or contribute money to a charity or whatever the case may be, right? But it's got to be very diligent. If you're one second late, you're late, okay? Keep the team together and be on time, okay? We're starting at seven o'clock. All of a sudden, before you know it, people are coming in at 20 after. No, if we can't show the discipline to actually execute a Kaizen event, then we're not going to have the discipline. That's simple, by the way. We're not going to have the discipline to enact all the, all the standards that we are creating in the Kaizen. What makes you think that all these standards are going to be adhered to if we can't do the simple things? So be on time and be available and honor your commitment to the team. Okay? No cell phones allowed during the event. No, no computers. Uh, I, I, I experienced, I've experienced this where, you know, right in the middle of a Kaizen event, Somebody's phone rings, they pick it up, they walk out of the room, they start talking. No, no, there's time and place for the call. Unless it's your doctor and, you know, there's, some, there's an emergency. But, you know, I had one person say, well, what am I supposed to do? It was an emergency. Really? You didn't even look at your phone when you answered it. How do you know it was an emergency, right? Um, so plan for your absence on your daily job. You can't participate part-time. If you're going to participate part-time, sign up for another Kaizen. We don't want you. We don't need you in this particular uh, Kaizen. Either you're in or you're out. There's no two ways about it, okay? So that whole thing is a really real key. Now, now in part, uh, part three, I'm going to talk about setting goals and objectives, but that is a pitfall when you don't set really good goals and objectives in what's called the Kaizen Charter. I'll talk about that in, the, in part three. And there's not a very well-defined problem statement that we're going after. So what happens is the Kaizen ends up coming with all kinds of solutions looking for problems. And we're burning our energy on that. And at the end of the day, we didn't solve what we came for to begin with. So that's really key. Planning the event well in advance. We have templates that basically say, put the Kaizen date in for this particular Kaizen, if it's a SMED, value stream mapping, problem solving, administrative, whatever. It will tell you what you need to do three weeks out, four weeks out, two weeks out. It, it backfills it, okay? So these things are very important in order for you to plan properly. Even things like, do we have the right markers? Do we have the right breakout rooms? Do we have flip charts, post-it notes? You know, what I've recommended is having teams actually create Kaizen kits where all that kind of stuff is pre-prepared and replenished on a regular basis after each Kaizen. So then you have to go screen for this stuff all the time, right? I know one company that actually created a whole Kaizen workshop area where they had all kinds of tools and equipment and saws and, and, and all kinds of uh, power, power tools and what have you dedicated just to the Kaizen process, which was kind of cool. So, and of course, you got to set a daily plan. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about the specific goals, objectives, and planning when we get to part three. All right. I've seen analysis by paralysis. Okay. This is something that I think is really a, and I talked about this in the 10 rules of Kaizen. Don't let perfect get in the way of better, but we overanalyze things. And we, we, and all of a sudden, before you know it, you've got eight people sitting around with two people debating 
over a particular issue. So division of labor and the team leader is responsible for getting people working on different aspects of the Kaizen where it's not eight people working on one thing because you know eight people can't work on one thing. But analysis by paralysis, you can't overanalyze. You got to actually do, okay? Uh, you're going to find there's always an overbearing team member. And, and that's got to be controlled by the facilitator. Uh, a lot of times those people are leaders. I talked about leaving, leaving your title at the door on the 10 rules. Okay, overbearing team member doesn't have to be a leader. could be anybody with a strong personality. So be very careful. I remember, I'll tell you a funny anecdote. Uh, one of our Japanese consultants, can't remember who it was, but we went out for dinner on Thursday night right before the Kaizen report on, on Friday. And we had this one guy, let's just call him, uh, call him Mike. Um, Mike was very talkative. He had all the answers, but wasn't doing anything. And every, all, all week, the sensei would look at him and say, show me your hands. Your hands are not dirty. Why aren't you working? Go out and gumba. Stop talking, right? So that particular night at dinner, the, the Japanese sensei had Alaskan king crab, okay? Which, by the way, I love. And uh, he saved the claw. That was a big claw, okay? And he got up in front of the room after dinner and says, I have a presentation to make to Mike. Mike, can you please come up? So Mike comes up and he hands him the claw. He actually takes the claw and he's opening the claw and closing it. He says, I'm going to award you with this Kaizen Award. He says, Mike, less jaws and more claws. So in other words, less talking and more hands-on, right? <laughs> and he hands him the, the big crab uh, we told him he should frame it, and put it in his office, but you know, and it was all all done in fun, by the way, because it was already well known by the team who this guy was and what was what Mike was all about. But uh, and he was a good guy, by the way, too. So it's not like uh, he was a terrible person. It was just that you know he was making his point: less claws, less jaws, and more claws. I'll never forget that. Uh, so anyway, we don't want over overbearing team members. Uh, wrong team makeup. How many times have you seen? all like-minded people on one team. Hey, by the way, it's, it's okay to bring somebody who knows nothing about the issue into the Kaizen event. Somebody from the office. Take the receptionist. Take the janitor. It doesn't matter. Everybody thinks you have to be an engineer to do lean. You don't. You don't need to be an engineer. Matter of fact, sometimes engineering thinking is, uh, is, is constraining to what really has to happen. So, so wrong team makeup. Uh, you, or you have somebody who, you know, is needed on the team. Like, for example, when you do an administrative Kaizen, always just have somebody from information technology there. Because most of the time, you're going you're gonna to venture into that space, right? So if you don't have anybody from information technology that can actually maybe augment a program or do some kind of, you know, a programming for you on whatever system you're working on, then... The team stymied, and they're sitting there with nothing to do because they can't really make change. They can propose change, but as we talked about in the last uh, last uh, episode, we don't want to populate a we don't want to populate a Kaizen newspaper. We want to be able to get things done. So team makeup is very important in that regard, right? If you know you're going to have to, you know, manufacture fixtures and and slides and shoots and. Hey, why not have somebody from maintenance or from tool room or 
you know, somebody with some technical ability to get things done, right? If you had all, I'm, I used to be an accountant. So if you had all accountants on the team doing a shop for Kaizen, that might be a problem because if, unless it's a pen or a calculator, we're probably not all that well equipped to, to do more of the technical stuff. So you see what I'm saying? So uh, I'm picking on my perfect, my old profession, but, but that's something we have to think about, right? Get the right people on the team. How many times have you seen hidden agendas on a Kaizen team? Well, pet projects coming in and things like that. That happens a lot, right? So be careful on that. Be careful of too big of a scope. If the scope's too big, you can try to boil the ocean. You're not going to get anything done. You got to be very specific. Now, a lot of times I teach this really with, uh, with, uh, with problem solving is that many problems are usually baked into several smaller problems. Right? There's not one big problem that in silver bullets that's going to solve all the issues. Uh, and let's just say, uh, uh, let's say you can't make delivery. Many times it's not just one issue. Could be I don't have standard work in place. Could be my machine equipment uptime. Could be a supplier problem. It could be absenteeism. It could be all kinds of issues relative to on time delivery. So we have to prioritize those issues and figure out how we're going to uh, quarantine the Kaizen to drive what we are going to be able to get done and not try to boil the ocean, right? So too big of an agenda is no good. And uh, of course, sliding back the old way is not good at all either. This is where every Kaizen has to be followed by standards. So if you think about, you have a standard. If you don't have one, you create it. You detect the abnormalities. When you have an abnormality on a priority basis, you take those abnormalities and you do root cause analysis, and then you do Kaizen. Then you reestablish re the standard, okay? And that's a cycle that continues to happen time and time again, right? So that's the, uh, uh, I, I credit that cycle with Bob Petlin, okay? Uh, Bob Petlin was the vice president of uh, manufacturing for Jake Brake a mentor to me. I learned an awful lot from him in the early days and uh, one of the best lean guys out there today. So uh, anyway, uh, unsung hero from Danaher, quite frankly. Uh, I, I really believe if it wasn't for Bob, there'd be no DBS because Jake Brake never would have done what they did without Bob's leadership. And that's saying something because we had Konisager and Art Byrne, but Bob was the guy that made it get, that got it done. And, uh, so he didn't allow us to slide back the whole way, all right, which was, which was phenomenal. Um, last but not least, I would say to you, you need to Kaizen your Kaizen process. Why doesn't Kaizen apply to Kaizen? You need to Kaizen your process. So take a look at your process and do a post-mortem every time you do a Kaizen to say, what went right? What went wrong? We do a plus delta. Plus means I'm going to record everything on post-it notes by all the participants of what they liked. And then the delta is, starts with the following phrase, could be better if, and then fill in the blank, right? We want to hear what those are. You might see there's a lot of similar things. Could be better if the training material was clearer, if we spent more time on this particular subject, if we did this, if we did that. So, so do a post-mortem on the Kaizen process itself, and don't be afraid to Kaizen your Kaizen process. Okay, so those are some of the pitfalls. The last one I'll talk about, the very last one I'll talk about, and I promise, 
is that many times we're in a perpetual state of Kaizen and we don't freeze it and stabilize it and run it for a while against the standard, but we change the standard too frequently. And then we don't really, in that case, have a standard anymore. So there has to be a design freeze on the Kaizen. You know, you got this Kaizen newspaper out there with all these great ideas, but you have to do a design freeze, run it for a predetermined amount of time, and then do another Kaizen. Collect all your ideas, collect all the issues, and go ahead and do it again, right? And I'm not arguing it has to be all, every, every Kaizen has to be five days, another pitfall. It doesn't. Consultants love that because we can book you for five days, right? Kaizens can be a day. They can be half a day. But not all of them. Some of them are, are more meaningful, and you can't take a large Kaizen and break it down to a day a month. You'll, you'll never have the momentum and focus to get it done. But do not allow your Kaizen, uh, or I should say, allow your Kaizen to stabilize so that you can run it and really understand the deltas to your standard and then come back and Kaizen it again. Continual Kaizen, you won't make any improvements. You'll drive yourself nuts. Okay? All right. That's, uh, I think it's episode 15. Did I say that right? Yeah. Uh, part two, that's the pitfalls of Kaizen. Yeah, I'm sure there's other pitfalls. Email me at mark at leanhorizons.com. I'd love to hear your experiences with Kaizen. And maybe we'll do another episode down the line to talk about all those. Okay? Thanks. Until next time, see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Lean 911 podcast. I'll be happy to address your questions or feedback on future episodes. Email me at mark at lean911.com. You can check out our other episodes by visiting our website at lean911.com, our YouTube channel, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your host, Mark DeLuzio. Thanks for listening.